Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to this very special edition of the Fantasy Magnet Podcast. It is the Super Bowl edition, Jay. We are just one week away from the Super Bowl. Congratulations, my friend. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to the show. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I was pumped. I'm sure you saw it in that video that I posted on Twitter (laughs) that actually the Buccaneers even used of me running down the block yelling, we're going to the Super Bowl. That was genuine excitement, Wes. That was after jumping around my living room, hugging my wife, hugging my dog. I just ran outside and just ran down the block and videoed myself doing it. And then the next day, the Bucks put out a, you know, how we feeling, Bucks fans? Send us your reaction from yesterday. And then next thing you know, they did like a little video where they compiled the Bucks reaction and fan reactions. And there I was right after a clip of Gronk celebrating. There was me running down the block. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know. I wish you would have shared that because I did see your video. I didn't see the Buccaneers actually using the video. Have you asked them for any kind of compensation for the video? <laughs> No, being on there was compensation enough. And I did tweet it out. So check it out on my feed. I I tweeted it out. And I think I'm at like the one minute and three minute, one minute and three second mark or something like that. You'll see my crazy self running down the block. (laughs) Hey, you can find that feed over at Fantasy Coach JB on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Loafing It. Wes Easley over on Twitter. And don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Now, JB, one of the things that makes this podcast special is, especially tonight, is because you have got somebody that you've admired for a long time uh, to be able to be on this podcast with us, and it's such an honor to have him. Why don't you do your introductions? Because I know you've been following this guy for a long time. Yeah, absolutely, Wes. And and you and the listeners here all know that I'm a huge Tampa Bay Bucks fan, and I'm super excited for this guest that we have today. I've followed this man's work for a long time. I'm so grateful he's taken the time to talk some Buccaneers with us here on the Fantasy Magnet Show. Our guest today is none other than Roy Cummings. You could find him on Twitter at rcummingsfhcn. He's the editorial supervisor for the Florida Healthcare News. He's a Buccaneers insider for Pewter Pirates. He's a longtime Tampa Bay sports reporter, not just Bucks. He he's done lightning. He's done everything wow. Tampa Bay sports. He's the former Buccaneers beat writer for the Tampa Tribune and a two-time Florida sports writer of the year. Roy Cummings, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for hanging out with us today. You know what, uh, guys? I am absolutely, truly, and I mean this. I'm honored to be a part of your your uh, your podcast. Uh, we should have done this sooner. Uh, anytime you want me, give me a call. I'll be glad to do it. Uh, anytime you want to talk Tampa Bay sports, uh, we should do it because, uh, yeah, I've, I've covered, I've covered them all and still involved uh, heavily in it. So, um, yeah, let's talk some bucks guys. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And I'm pumped, Ryan. And I'm thinking back to 2003 when the Bucks won Super Bowl 37 and you were working with the Tampa Tribune at the time. And I remember you wrote a column about how that Super Bowl was extra special because of the weight, the weight that it took to get there. Well, here we are 18 years later. We're back in the Super Bowl. And although it wasn't as long of a wait for me, it feels like it was ages. So what in your mind makes this one special? I think you just hit on it. It's, it's ag- it has been an agonizing wait for Buccaneers fans because, you know, you think back to that first Super Bowl championship for Tampa Bay and sure looked then as if that team would win, you know, maybe not three or four more, but at least one more. Um, you had a couple of guys still in their prime, Rondé Barber, 
uh, you know, you had a lot of good players on that team. Um, John Gruden seemed to have things going for him. Uh, it's a team that, you know, is right there on the precipice, as we all know, of, of you know, of being a great uh, champion, a Super Bowl champion. And, and they couldn't get over the hump. They finally got over the hump. You thought they were going to go maybe the next year, the year after. It just never worked out. And it has just gone horribly south ever since. And so that makes it special. The other thing that makes it special, guys, is, you know, you've got the greatest quarterback of all time suddenly wearing a Buccaneers uniform. Two things have happened here. Uh, Jason Light's patience in building this football team uh, has come together with the fact that the greatest player in the history of the game, well, maybe the greatest, yeah, arguably the greatest player in the history of the game, suddenly became available to him. And uh, the greatest tight end, perhaps, in the history of the game became available to him. And they took advantage, and uh, here, here are those two philosophies kind of uh, coming together. And um, you know what? It's, it, this is kind of what has to happen to get to a Super Bowl. You have to have some things go your way, some breaks. And you know what? For this team, uh, the breaks started a couple years ago when uh, sometimes you make your own. You know, when you add guys like Vita Vea and guys like Devin White, which it's about everybody kind of raised an eyebrow at. Um, but then you make your own breaks when you go after somebody like Tom Brady. So uh, good for the Buccaneers. Uh, like I said, uh, two philosophies kind of working together here, the, 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 the build it philosophy and then the go out and buy it philosophy. And uh, the Bucks are kind of taking advantage of both right now. When you talked about Jason Light, of course, I, I saw him kind of pushing all the chips into the middle of the table. You know, at the beginning of this year, it was like, okay, now or never, we have an opportunity to get Tom Brady. We have an opportunity to get Rob Gronkowski. How, how, how big of that plan did you see coming to fruition before those guys became available? Or do you think they kind of had this set up knowing Tom Brady was going to be entering into free agency to some degree at the, at the end of last season? You know, it's a general manager's job, and the best do this. And, no, and very few people kind of really see it um, because it, it's so far behind the scenes. A general manager's job is to be able to, you know, kind of chart the waters of what's going to happen in free agency at, during the draft, during the offseason. And what Jason Light was able to do, and maybe it's because he knows how Bill Belichick works. Maybe it's because he knows uh, Tom Brady and, you know, and worked with these guys when he was with the Patriots. Maybe he just has a, a pretty good idea of how Robert Kraft, uh, uh, you know, thinks. But he could see that. Tom Brady was going to be made available and because they wouldn't have gotten let they wouldn't have let go of James Winston had they not thought that was going to happen there weren't enough other quarterbacks out there in free agency to to, you know to say as much as you could talk about James Winston and his mistakes he was the face of the franchise he was the quarterback that they bought they brought in Bruce Arians to fix him um and uh and it didn't work off the you know right away the first year but you don't abandon that plan unless you've got something you know is going to work out for you. So I think they knew well in advance that Tom Brady was A, going to be available, B, was willing to sign with him, and just might bring somebody like Rob Gronkowski along with him. <laughs> Obviously, Tom Brady was the crown jewel in the, in the whole deal. Uh, I think um, Rob Gronkowski was just a little bit extra. Um, and so, same with Antonio Brown and maybe even Leonard Fournette. But uh, the plan was bring in Brady, uh, stop turning the ball over uh, 33 times a year from the quarterback <laughs> position, and uh, see if that can make this work. Because you had all the offensive weapons. You just had to stop giving the ball away to the other team. 
It, it did seem like a perfect storm, uh, Roy, if you if you think about it, because not only did they get Tom Brady, and you knew he was going to bring him along, Rob Gronkowski, but then all those other free agents started, or even trade pieces, started to come together a little bit, and it just seemed like the perfect storm for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, almost like they were a team of destiny. Yeah, I think so. And again, you know, look, I said it when they signed Tom Brady, and this is before they signed Gronkowski and brought, brought in Antonio Brown and Leonard Fournette. I said right then and there, when they signed Tom Brady, it's Super Bowl or bust for this team. You don't bring in Tom Brady just to get you to the playoffs. You bring in Tom Brady to try to get you, not and, and not just to get you to the Super Bowl either, it's to win it. And, uh, you know, I think, again, I think they probably had a little bit of an inkling that there was a chance to, to get uh, Rob Gronkowski. I mean, they certainly didn't need him when you think about the, the depth mm-hmm. of the, at the tight end position. I mean, there was so much talk here in Tampa about, you know, trading someone like Cameron Brait to get some pieces uh, that you might need uh, throughout the roster, which I never thought was a good idea because, as we found out, you know, O.J. Howard goes down. You're, all, you're only one uh, play away from, you know, a, a deep position suddenly become a rather shallow position. So, um, you know, they kind of doubled down on all the talent they could get at, the, at one position, and uh, lo and behold, it worked out for them. But, um, look, uh, yeah, there's no other way to put it. Uh, it's appropriate to say that uh, Jason Light put all the chips in the middle of the table and said, look, we're all in. It's, it is Super Bowl or bust. And uh, I think, to be honest with you, I think the most surprising thing is that they actually did it. <laughs> yep. And now we just need to hit that card on the river to, to take the whole pot down. And I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, so, Roy, absolutely. that championship team was definitely different than this year's team. But I certainly see some similarities there. You know, you mentioned Vita Vea and, and Devin White and I think a Sapp and Brooks back then. And obviously, Brad Johnson's not Tom Brady, but that team made and won the Super Bowl on the strength of its defense. Now, This year, the defense was a little up and down throughout the season. They've dealt with some key injuries, but they've played fantastic throughout the playoffs. Can you talk a little bit bit about this young defense and how you think they'll fare against Mahomes and the explosive Chiefs offense? Yeah, I actually think it's a pretty good matchup, especially when you you know you take in the you factor in the fact that uh, suddenly it looks like uh, Kansas City is going to be without its top two starting tackles. You know that hurts, Um, and this defense. Look, it's always been a very good front seven. Um, you can see that, you know, just by the fact that they're so good against the run. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul is playing as well as he ever has. Uh, and Dominican Sue seems reborn here. Um, you know, some of the young guys have come along. Vita Vea obviously hurt. They lost him. But you know what? They've got some pretty good depth at that position. Uh, they were able to make it work. And then, of course, you've got arguably the most underrated player in the NFL, if not the, certainly the most underrated linebacker uh, in Levante David. And then you've also got uh, Devin White, who really came into his own this year. You know, he struggled at times last year, but that whole front seven is very, very good. And it was really just a matter uh, all season long and, you know, going into the season of how quickly can these young defensive backs come around, uh, figure things out, uh, not just get accustomed to Todd Bowles' defense, but just, you know, kind of make pace with with the NFL game. Uh, and it took a while, and it's been it's been a bumpy ride. But right now, I think much like they talk about on offense, how they finally found a groove with you know when to throw the deep ball, when not to. Uh, Tom Brady and the and the play calling with uh, Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians. The defense, I think, has had a similar um, you know uh, run where I think they've kind of found their groove a little bit, and I think Todd Bowles has finally begun to realize you can count on those. Uh, young defensive backs to cover well enough 
that if we can, if we decide to, to to pressure the passer, if we decide to blitz, we're going to be okay. Well, we're going to get burned, but everybody does when they blitz. Um, when you bring the blitz, you're always, you know, risking a, a big play against you. But I think they've uh, developed enough confidence in those players, and those players have played well enough that now they feel like they can be, they can apply more pressure, blitz more often, and uh, the secondary will hold up because that's exactly what they did, uh, quite obviously, against Green Bay. And I think the game plan will be very similar uh, against Kansas City. You've got to go after Patrick Mahomes. You've got to move him off his spot. Um, you know, I thought it was going to be tough to uh, against. Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, they've certainly got Green Bay's number, uh, but it's a very similar game plan, I think, for the Bucks defensively against Kansas City. Go after that quarterback and just hope that those secondary, uh, hope the secondary holds up, and I think it will. You're listening to the Fantasy Magnet Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. And, of course, we are joined by Roy Cummings. Just our privilege to be able to have him on the podcast. Now, Roy, I, I've been thinking about this because I am an old Chicago Bears fan, right? From the great quarterbacks that we've had in Vince Ferragamo to Jim McMahon to Jay Cutler to now present-day Mitch Trubisky. You know, these these long lineage of great quarterbacks in the league. Now we are rumored <laughs> to have Deshaun Watson maybe coming on board in some kind of trade uh, to kind of elevate that. That, that position for us. What has uh, having a Tom Brady come into the organization? What has that done for the entire organization, uh, from from the front office all the way down to even the players? How does that affect a team? Uh, well, first of all, you forgot Jack and Cannon in your oh, uh, li- in sorry. your list of uh, great quarterbacks <laughs> for the Bears. Um, but uh, other than that, though, you, you had the you had the numbers pretty good. Uh, but no, you know what? You know what Tom Brady did. He and it, there's really there's no better way to say it. It's an old cliche, but he steadied the ship. He really did. It's like he took control of the helm, and all of a sudden, even in stormy waters, it's like, don't worry, guys, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. And I think he brought a sense of calm uh, to to that team, and and, and also just someone to follow. You know, yeah. the Bucks uh, until this year really, it's like, well, who do you follow? Uh, you, you, do you follow Gerald McCoy? Uh, do you follow Levante David? Well, they've never been anywhere, uh, you know, to, to say that you can follow them now. I'm not talking about college. I'm talking about the NFL. They're good players. They're great players. But do you really follow them? I mean, this team has done nothing but lose under them. Uh, same with Jameis Winston. Um, you, you could have you know, you said it about some of the players who've come in. Jason Pierre-Paul, do you follow him? Well, you know, he, he did a pretty stupid thing a couple of years back in the prime <laughs> of his career. Is he the guy to follow? I mean, you don't know. Um, so, you know, so who do you, do you, Deshaun Jackson, do you follow him? No. Tom Brady was a guy that everybody could look at and say, okay, that's the lighthouse. Now we know where to go, who to follow, how to do it. He's going to show us how to do it. And I think he did. I think Tom Brady and I don't, you know, we don't, we're not close enough because of the COVID thing to get a lot of this information, but uh, I think what he's been able to do is he's taken these guys just by the way he goes about his daily work and shows them this is how you work, guys. And when you're down by 10 points, this is how you get out of that hole. When you're up by 20, this is how you stay ahead by 20. Um, every facet of from, from the beginning of the week to the end of the game, um, this is how you prepare. This is how you act when you're ahead. This is how you act when you're behind. Um, this is how you act play to play. This is how you respond to adversity. And everybody just followed his lead. It, it's uh, it, when you bring in, again, the greatest of all time, 
everybody follows him. And you know what? I think the proof of it is just look at Leonard Fournette, for example. Here's a guy who was way off the rails in, in right. Jacksonville. Uh, wondering, yeah, I mean, he played himself out of there, and maybe he wanted to. But look at him buying in now. When a player like that buys in, when Antonio Brown comes in and buys in, well, obviously there's got to be a common denominator to all that. Um, it's not Jason Light. It's not Bruce Arians because this team didn't get there under, didn't, didn't do it under them. It's Tom Brady. He showed these guys, and maybe a little help from uh, Rob Gronkowski, but uh, Tom Brady showed these guys how to be pros and how to be champions. Yeah, and I think it's on both sides of the ball, too. I think Brady's having that effect not only on the guys like Fournette and A.B. that you mentioned on the offensive side, but also on the defensive side. And those young guys in the secondary that you talked about earlier, they've really stepped their game up, and they attribute a lot of that to being able to practice against Tom Brady, to have Tom Brady to to kind of almost take them under his wing and, and show them things and even getting beat by him in practice teaches them what not to do. And one of those leaders that I've seen step up and, and even Levante and, and Devin talked about it, even going back to training camp was Antoine Winfield as a rookie, just being a vocal leader behind them in that secondary. And he's been incredible this year. And he reminds me a lot of John Lynch back there, the way he ball hawks and how he's all over the field and, I know he missed last game with the ankle injury. Jordan Whitehead, the other safety, left the game with the shoulder injury. We need them against this Chiefs team, Roy. So I know they aren't practicing yet, and there's no official word on their status for the Super Bowl, but from what you're gathering, you think we'll have them out there next week? Yeah, I think you're going to get Anton Winfield. He was very close anyway to playing in Green Bay and uh, just couldn't go. Uh, with two weeks to, to get ready, I think he should be fine. You know, I, I'd like to say the same thing um, for Jordan Whitehead because, boy, do they need him as well. I mean, those are two big hitters, too. Um, but uh, that one I'm a little concerned about. You know, it looked like when you walk off the field and you basically got your arm in a sling, you know, it could be a separated shoulder, could be a dislocated shoulder. There's a difference. One's more severe than the other. It also could be a broken collarbone. They're saying shoulder. Uh, we don't really know what it is. Next week, obviously, I mean, the, the good news is, he doesn't necessarily, even though he's young, at this stage of the season, he doesn't have to practice to go out and be, be an impact player on game day. Um, if he's just going through the mental reps, he'll be fine. Uh, Jordan Whitehead, smart player, smart player, and he plays physical. The thing I think you want to be concerned with there is can the shoulder hold up? He might even be a player that, and this is risky, you dress him and see how far he can go and how far can the shoulder go. you got all off-season. If, if it's, you know, if it's surgery, if he's got arrested, whatever it might be. Uh, but, you know, can he give us 10 plays? Can he give us 20 plays? I think you dress him and say, okay, you can give us 18 plays. You give him 18 plays and, uh, you know, then, then maybe you stretch it and see if you can get 20 out of him. But I think he goes, uh, unless that, unless, again, unless he's got a break in there, uh, I think he goes because, again, it, it's a physical player. Uh, he needs that shoulder because, again, you lead with that uh, yeah. when you're tackling. So, um, it, it's going to be a dicey situation, but I, my gut tells me he's going to be there. Maybe the because optimism. we need him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because of the list of quarterbacks I gave you before from my Chicago Bears, I believe that running the ball is a key to victory. And I saw last week where Buffalo Bills tried to run the ball even with a Devin Singletary. To me, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers running backs are just great. I love the combination of Leonard Fournette and Ronald's jo Ronald Jones. Those two guys, I believe, 
as a combinational back system can really run all over these Kansas City Chiefs. Tell me about that backfield that you have for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, Tom Brady gets so much of the focus. You know, he's the he's the shiny object uh, over everybody's head that everybody's looking at. They they forget about you know the defense, the young secondary. They forget about the the D line sometimes. They forget about the running game. I mean, they've forgotten that that this is a pretty good running team. You know, there's a reason that Tom Brady's very effective with that play action pass and throwing deep because you know teams have to respect the running game. Um, and, and yes, uh, Ronald Jones, despite being hurt. Uh, you know, for probably the better half of the second half of the season, um, it certainly uh, played exceptional football uh, all season long. And uh, I think he's a star on the rise. And, you know, that's a player that a lot of people here in Tampa, you know, you guys probably know this, were, were so down on after his rookie season. When he came to the NFL, he just wasn't quite ready physically or mentally for the league. Um, not the first rookie to be in that situation. Uh, or, or to suddenly realize, hey, this is a you know this is a man's game all of a sudden. But um, you know, took care of himself in the off season going into his second year, uh, became a lot more effective, and and now he's got confidence. He's got a decent line in front of him. He's got a passing game, obviously, that uh, allows him. Uh, you know, teams have to respect that, and uh, that helps him a little bit. And now he's got a guy who can give him some rest. So uh, they could, uh, you know, and I think uh, health wise. They should be good to go, both of those players, come uh, game day. I would think they're going to have that combination of Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette uh, working for them uh, on Super Bowl Sunday. So uh, unlike the the, um, the Green Bay game where Ronald Jones obviously didn't get as much work as you'd like mm-hmm. to see him get, uh, he, he could, they, could, they could split uh, you know, 15, 20 carries apiece and, uh, and just you know, try to run it down Kansas City's throat and uh, keep, uh, keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. That would be a pretty smart game plan, in my yes, opinion. <laughs> uh, you, you don't want if you can take two or three possessions away from Patrick Mahomes, that can be uh, the difference between winning and losing the game. Yeah, absolutely, and and that running game wouldn't be able to do what it does without great play from the offensive line, and and that's been something that's hurt us in the past. But we know Ali Marpet's a stud, Ryan Jensen's a stud. I love the way the rookie Tristan Wirfs has developed throughout the course of the year. But let's talk about Donovan Smith, who's been a guy who most Buck fans, including myself, have been very critical of. I mean, his whole career, he's underperformed, in my opinion. But he's really stepped his game up against some really tough matchups during these playoffs. So what have you seen of Donovan? And do you think he can continue this solid play? He's got another tough matchup against Frank Clark this week. Yeah, he does. And, uh, you know, it's hard to know what suddenly clicked for Donovan Smith. Uh, this is a guy who, I mean, he, he, he's always working at it. It's not a guy who takes days off and takes games off or anything like that or even takes plays off. Um, you know, the Bucks obviously love him for his durability. Um, they think talent-wise he's, he's, you know, he's, a, he's an elite-level player. But uh, at the end of the day, the performance has, has never been elite. It's been adequate at best. And, but all of a sudden, you know, maybe he's just gotten a couple of matchups that work for him. That could be a little bit different uh, in this game. But uh, – Maybe he's just had a couple of matchups that work for him, and maybe he's just uh, devoted a little bit more uh, time to studying. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but, yes, we've seen a different Donovan Smith, and we've needed to see a different Donovan Smith. Uh, he's still going to have moments because the Bucks believe in him enough that they'll leave him out there on that island. They won't give him that help uh, with, with a tight end or a chip blocker. Um, and, you know, that's tough duty. That's real tough duty. I mean, you saw – one of the reasons the Bucks were able to get after 
Aaron Rodgers last week was because they decided not to chip anybody and leave those tackles out on an island by themselves. Always tough in the NFL. Uh, it, it very, very difficult for any team, any player, uh, no matter how good you are, to do that and win consistently. Um, and if you lose once, uh, well, it, it just kind of tarnishes the whole performance. You know, you can grade out pretty well and give up uh, give up a sack or two in this league. And unfortunately, that's usually what's what's happened with Donovan Smith. But he's played at a higher level here last couple of weeks. You, get, you just got to hope that. Um, you know, maybe something's clicked for him. Uh, we'll find out if it has uh, on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, and I think a part of that's got to be the Tom Brady factor again as well. You know, he's he's the guy who's in charge of protecting Tom Brady's blind side. So I'm sure he's heard a few earfuls from Tom about, hey, you don't let me get hit from behind over there. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, and that may be it too. You know, that Tom Brady may have gone to him and sat him down and said, hey, look, Donovan, I got to talk to you, man, because it, it ain't just about protecting me. It's about protecting this football team. If I'm not protected, we can't win. I need you to step it up. And and you know what? We talked about leadership from Tom Brady. Maybe that's exactly what happened. Maybe it was just a, uh, a short conversation saying, you know, time for time for you to show why you were a second round pick and why you're the guy that they believe in so much here. So I, we're fantasy people here. We were run around this fantasy community, Roy, a lot. And one of the things I love to do is to have a matchup that happened prior to this matchup. And, and of course, Kansas City Chiefs and Tampa Bay Buccaneers played in Week 12 in that game. And, and guys, I know I love the Tampa Bay talk. I hear you guys talking about it and building it up. And, and by all means, I don't have a dog in the fight. So for both of you, especially for JB, who's been a longtime friend of mine now, it feels like I'm rooting for the Buccaneers, right? But when I look at what, ta- what the Kansas City Chiefs did the last time they faced each other, Patrick Mahomes had 462 yards passing. Uh, Tyreek Hill had three touchdowns with 269 yards receiving with 13 receptions. Kelsey had eight receptions for 82 yards. Look, h- how in the world are, is Tampa Bay going to slow this team down this uh, Super Bowl Sunday coming up? I really think there's only one way to do it. Um, and I think it me again. It's risky, but I think you you just got you've got to blitz, and you got to blitz a lot. Um, you have got okay. to do something to make uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, feel uncomfortable back there. Um, I think the Bucks are going to feel like they've probably got an edge in that regard because the tackles are going to be da- are going to be out or likely going to be out. If they are, uh, I can I can see them definitely um, blitzing more. Look, they've been blitzing about forty four percent through the course of the regular season. Uh, they bumped that up to over 50% in the first couple of games here in the playoffs. So uh, I got a feeling that they are going to be blitzing well over half the time uh, against Patrick Mahomes. I think they feel like they probably have to. Um, again, it's a test for those young players in the secondary. Uh, they've passed the last couple. They didn't pass the test against Washington, um, which you know makes you wonder. It's like of all the quarterbacks that you faced here, that's the one you struggled against. Um, but uh, – you know, sometimes that's the way it goes. So I think you've got to take that chance. You've got to blitz him. And if you get burned early, you adjust. But I think you, you just you have to put pressure on Mahomes and you have to make him feel uncomfortable. Look, they did it against Aaron Rodgers. If they can do it against Aaron Rodgers and make him uncomfortable, uh, they can certainly do it against Patrick Mahomes. Okay. 
Absolutely. And like Wes mentioned, we're in, we're in a lot of fantasy football stuff, and that's what a lot of our talk has been throughout the season on this show. It's been a fantasy football-focused show. And we're in a one-and-done playoff fantasy football contest where you can use one player once, and after you use them, you can't use them in the following game. So it, it, the, the one we're in right now is called the Baby Bowl. And for the Super Bowl, I need to choose between Gronk and Cameron Brait. So when these teams met in week 12, it was Gronk who led the team in receiving yards. He had six catches, 106 yards. But we've seen the Bucks use Gronk a lot as a blocker to help out that O-line during the playoffs so far. So do you think that with the Chiefs' corners playing well and with the success that Gronk had in the last matchup against them, that we'll see him run more routes next week than he has the past few weeks? Or do you think I should go with Bray? You know, it's a, I'll tell you, it's a tough call because part of it is, why mess with success? Right now, the success the Bucks have had in the playoffs is going to Cameron Brait. Um, he's a he's a very good you know pass catching tight end. I think everybody knows that. And what he has over what what Gronkowski has over him is the ability to block and really shut a guy down. And again, if you're having trouble uh, and you need to protect that quarterback, well, you leave Gronkowski in, and he's bought into that obviously. Uh, and that's the you know one of the the, the, the real uh, benefits of having uh, someone like a Cameron Braid on your team. Again, when you when all this talk was going on about people talking about trading Cameron Braid, I was like, are you people nuts? Do you understand what you know <laughs> what what the tight end means in this Bucks offense, especially with Tom Brady here? You you can't afford to to get rid of a player of that caliber. And here he is making big plays. I think you go with Cameron Braid. It's a bit of a you know dice roll, no matter what. Um, because you don't know what the Bucks are going to do. But uh, I think that you, you stick with what's been working for you here in the playoffs, and what's been working is leaving Gronkowski in uh, and letting Cameron Brait uh, float out there because Cameron Brait does a very good job of finding holes in zones. He's really, really good at that. And uh, obviously Gronkowski's just going to outmuscle and outpower anybody that he faces. But uh, I, th- I think uh, Brait might be the, the, the more targeted player uh, just because they're going to need Cam- – uh, Gronkowski to stay in and uh, and do some dirty work. Speaking of Gronk, and we have you just for a couple more minutes here, Roy. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on the Fantasy Magnet Podcast. I, I, I can't help but think, is Gronk here for the long haul as long as Tom Brady's here? We have saw him laboring out there on the field a couple of times this year at different, at different moments. Uh, we know that he's not the Gronk of old, but he sure seems to still be having some fun out there on the field. Do you think he's there for as long as Tom Brady's there, or do you think maybe this is his last season? You know, I, I think it's a great question, and it's, and it's a tough one to answer because, uh, you know, you know that Tom Brady is, is all about playing football, and he's probably going to do it till he's 50, and I'm not, being, I'm not exaggerating. But with, with Gronkowski, I mean, he's already given it up once, um, came back for Tom Brady, maybe he came back for one last fling and to have some fun, but he's having fun, and they're winning. Mm-hmm. And Tom Brady's got a lot of influence, and, and maybe Tom Brady can talk to him and say, hey, we did it once, let's do it again. We, this is, you think this is a great story now? Let's show the Patriots they should, have, they should have kept both of us and never moved either one of us. Let's do it again. And then I think he's going to have something to think about. I, I suppose if I was asked to bet on it, I would probably say he's going to retire uh, because he's done it once. He came back, and if, especially if they win the Super Bowl. If they lose, eh, he might want to come back and try it again just because he wants to win that, that championship one more time. But, um, you know, he made it through an entire season. And, and if you go out as a champion after that, why not say, hey, you know what? I showed everybody that not only can I play, I can play a full season 
and I'm still a champion. Uh, it, it's pretty hard to beat that, and that would be a good way for him to go out. So I would bet that he would go out, but, hey, you never know. That, that Tom Brady influence uh, is pretty strong. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll leave you with my last question, Roy, and, and thank you so much again for taking the time to be here with us. I, I know it means a lot to me, and I know it means a lot to Wes to have you on, but I followed you for so long, Roy, and, and, and you've been great, and, and you're always interactive. You answer questions. You share a lot on your social media as well as all all the articles that you've written in the past. So I, I really appreciate you being here with us. So my last question to you is, what do you think the main key to the Bucks winning the Super Bowl is going to be? Oh, boy. You know, <laughs> I honestly think it's it, – it, I'm not worried about the offense, all right? The offense is going to be fine. They're going to be able to run the ball. They're going to be able to throw the ball. If they try to throw it deep a little too often, they may get themselves into some trouble and, uh, and throw a couple of picks. They can overcome that. They can score 30 points plus and win this game. Can the young secondary hold up against Patrick Mahomes? Uh, you pointed out the stats for the last meeting. Um, they're real, and they could be uh, duplicated. Um, that young secondary, as much as you like the players there, it's still young. And when you're blitzing, you're putting a lot of pressure on them. Uh, to me, uh, they can stop the running game, um, but can they stop the pass? And, and it doesn't have to be deep passes. You can pick this team apart. Uh, we know that. Most of those yards, when you throw for three, 400 yards against the Buccaneers, come in six, seven, eight-yard chunks. Um, then you have the 15 and 20-yard chunks here and there. But um, usually you just kind of pick teams apart if they play a soft zone. Uh, if they're playing up man, I like their chances, but they're still going to get beat sometimes. So to me it's going to come down to can the secondary make enough big plays to keep Patrick Mahomes uh, from beating them. And I, and I, and by big plays, I mean, you know, breaking up passes, obviously, and picking them off a couple of times. Uh, you got to keep them off the field. That's going to be part of the offense. The offensive job is good. Part of their job is going to be keeping them off the field, maintaining possession, but you got to get a couple of three and outs and, or a uh, couple of, a couple of takeaways. So to me, can that secondary uh, make the big plays that allow you to, uh, to win the game? I, that's, that to me is the key. That's the factor. Roy, I, I completely agree with JB. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Fantasy Magnet Podcast. We're going to keep, all of us got to keep our fingers crossed that this thing actually went through because we had some trouble connecting on Skype earlier, and I've never Skyped the way we Skyped tonight, so I hope this all goes through. If not, maybe we could do it again next week uh, before, the, before, the play, uh, before the Super Bowl starts, Roy. But I, I just really, honestly, thank you so much. Thank you for all the hard work you've done. And I will have one last question for you because I'm not going to put you on the spot about who's going to win this game, because I'm with both of you. I'm ready to fire the cannons, boys. I'm ready to fire the cannons, boys. I, you know, that's, yeah. that's what I'm ready for. Okay? <laughs> but uh, uh, Roy, has anybody asked Bruce Arians why he ties that thing around his chest? I, I understand that it's probably the headset <laughs> stuff. But, but you know, there's, there's something about it that I enjoy watching, because Bruce Arians' fashion statements keep me very interested in the game, and it makes me giggle a little bit. Is that guy, is Bruce Arians just as, I don't want to say, wacky because he's not wacky on the field but he's definitely very comfortable in his own skin is he that same way off the field as well he really is he is as uh down to earth the guy as you're gonna meet he's uh, your next your next door neighbor your wacky next door neighbor at times uh, you know but he's a very smart guy yeah and you know he doesn't he, he's got a job and he, he doesn't he doesn't care what he looks like he doesn't care if uh you know if, if it doesn't look right if, if it's not quite fashionable 
uh, he's going to do what makes him comfortable. And uh, it's the way he is, and it's kind of the way he coaches. And, um, you know, I th- it's one of the things I really like about him is that he's, uh, he's a little bit different than, than most. And uh, uh, whatever it is that he does that for, we'll have to ask him. So we'll <laughs> see if we can get an answer for you. And, uh, and believe me, guys, first of all, again, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Let's do it again. And uh, if, if it didn't work out for some reason, uh, you've got my promise that we'll make it work next week, and, we'll, and we will do it again. Thank you so much, Roy. Thank you very much. We appreciate it so much, and you have a wonderful evening, and enjoy the Super Bowl. And once again, fire the cannons. Go Bucks. <laughs> Indeed, guys. Take care. Thank you, Roy. JB, I really hope that took, because he was fantastic. He was almost a better guest than you are on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. <laughs> he really was, man. That was awesome. That was that was such a cool moment. I mean, not just to have somebody of Roy's caliber come on the Fantasy Magnet show, but you know, just as a Bucks fan, as a guy who's followed his work, just to be able to have a conversation with him and and just you could tell how passionate he is about Tampa Bay sports, and I'm usually the only one in a conversation as passionate as I am about Tampa Bay sports. So that was awesome, man. No, that that was absolutely fantastic, and it's great to have Roy on here. Let's see, Roy Cummings, let's make sure we say everything again. He's at R. Cummings, F-H-C-N, on Twitter. He'd be just probably about the only Roy Cummings you find on Twitter, at least one with this kind of credentials. Do you think that Roy will end up putting, you know, he was on the Fantasy Magnet podcast on his bio there on Twitter? Probably not on his bio, but hey, maybe we'll get a retweet. Okay. <laughs> JB, I, I loved what he said about Bruce Arians. He reminds me of a Tampa Bay. I was going to follow it up with a Tampa Bay Ray question there, uh, but time ran out for us on how John Joe Madden was there at the Tampa Bay Rays facility for such a long time, and he was his own unique kind of a coach for baseball, and he took that over, of course, to my Chicago Cubs. But him and Bruce Arians really remind me of each other, and I think that kind of coaching style, helps take the pressure off the team, right? Because when it'd be impossible for me as a player not to look at Bruce Arians on the sideline as I came to the sideline and just said, what, what is he? What is he wearing again? <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's one of those things, though. I think he also carries that out into the practice field and stuff of being one of the guys and really taking up for his team. And I can value that. Absolutely. And, and both of those guys, both Bruce Arians and Joe Madden, play that player's coach role. Mm-hmm. while having that hint of disciplinarian in them also. They blend those roles perfectly, and they get the best out of their players because of it. You know, they're they're guys that are no-nonsense that you don't want to mess with, but at the same time, they'll smile and they'll joke with you and they'll poke fun at you, and, and you'll be able to, you know, feel both ends of the spectrum from them. And I think it garners a lot of respect from their players, and that's why they've had the success that they've had. Well, I hope our Fantasy Magnet podcast uh, friends have enjoyed that podcast with Roy Cummings. I know it was special for us. We are working We are working hard at trying to get another Kansas City Chief guy on here as well to kind of balance the ship a little bit here. And we hope to do that by next week. Right, JB? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I guess, look, it makes sense to have both sides on. And I think it would be obviously good to hear the other side's perspective and then I'll be able to play the Bucks fan that that comes back with no. retorts to his statements. No, you have to be unbiased. We are unbiased journalists, JB. You can't, you can't sit there. You're going to have to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hat and logo off and set it off to the side and put on the Fantasy Magnet sweatshirt and the Fantasy Magnet hat that you can find on the pinned tweet over at FI Today with a little underscore there. You can find that on, on 
on Twitter. And you're going to have to put those things on, JB, and, and be unbiased. I guess. I do love wearing my Fantasy Magnets hoodie, so my comfortable <laughs> Fantasy Magnets hoodie. If you haven't gone on there yet and ordered one, man, I don't know what you're waiting for. Yeah, that is nice, and we appreciate Viridian Global being a partner in all that. Make sure you head over there and order you some to not only support the podcast, but also to support them as well. Uh, JB, uh, just to follow this up, one last question for you. Can, can you give me a passionate fire the cannons? Fire the cannon! Wow, that was great. Don't forget <laughs> to follow him at Fantasy Coach JB on Twitter. You can follow me as well at Lofinit. And like I said, follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Head over to Anchor FM, Anchor FM and look for the Fantasy Impact Today Network over there and subscribe to the show. It happens to be on the iTunes app. Make sure you slap those stars around, leave us a review. But more importantly than all those things, Fantasy Impact Today family, we encourage you to go out into the world and make a positive impact in somebody's life today.